For the last several weeks, um, stuff's been going on in our body in different lives. And I have found myself at times a little frustrated with different issues and things that, we're, that we've been facing and with things going on with illnesses in our body and uh, just stuff. <clears throat> and all week I felt like the Lord began to speak to me about encouragement and about strength. And so what I want to share with you this morning is about how to be encouraged in strength. And a lot of it has to do with you and how you respond to the Father. So in this particular psalm, in Psalm 121, we have, uh, I've, I've preached from this psalm before, but not like we're going to do today. Today uh, is just totally different. There's some things that the Lord put in my heart uh, and began to encourage me in this psalm. And we're going to do some things with just a few of the words in this psalm that I've never dealt with specifically before. So Psalm 121 is simply eight verses. We may not even get through all eight verses as I'm preaching on it, but the first several verses we certainly will. For I will lift up my eyes to the mountains from which cometh my help. And it's posed in the form of a question. If you've got a King James, I will lift up my eyes into the hills from which cometh my help. For my help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth, and will not allow your foot to slip. He who sleep keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day nor the moon by night. For the Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. Amen. Amen. Now, do you believe that? Walking it out is extremely important. We do a lot of things in our belief system by agreeing with something, but the deeds don't oftentimes show it. And God wants us to come to the place in our lives. James talked about uh, having faith without works, he says, is, is, is just dead. Right? James was a very practical book. So I want you to see some things in this passage of Scripture, particularly just in the first sentence or two. The psalmist says, I will lift up my eyes. I will. That word will, you should underline it, it has to do with determination. He was determined that he would focus on his father, that he would not allow the things around him to keep him from that focus. Most of us in our life, find ourselves overcome with circumstances, and the circumstances control us rather than us controlling the circumstances. Isn't that right? Now, the Father wants to reverse that process. He wants to reverse the process where instead of the circumstances controlling me, I'm going to control them through His power, through His blood, through His grace. So the first thing he does is he has determination. I will. What do we need to do? We need to tell the Father, Father, I will not be defeated. I will be a conqueror. I will overcome. I will not give in. I will be victorious. I will not be defeated. Right? <coughs> it's so easy to get down in the mouth about stuff. And I am no different than you. You know, I can whine with the best of them. 
And all of us have the capacity to do that if we're not careful. It's been a while ago now, but I remember Steve and I had a conversation one day, and we came to the base just a few months apart back in 2001. And I, I don't know if we were playing golf or what we were doing, but we were doing something, and we had a conversation, and Steve was saying, you know, if you would have told me a few years ago I'd be where I am today, I'm just amazed. You remember that conversation we had? I, I think we were playing golf. Yeah. And we were talking about where we were when we went to the base and what God had done in our lives and where he brought us, even financially, and where we are now. It's like, man, I'm just amazed. And even when you get to where a place where you, 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 you feel successful or whatever, you still have the ability to look back and remember bad things and whine and forget the good things. I told you the story uh, that was told by an evangelist that I knew. I think it was Sam Cathy. But he had a young man come to him. And he asked him to pray with him. He wanted to learn to give, be a giver. He said, all right, I want you to begin to give, and I want you to give 10% of every dollar you make. He was making $100 a week, so he said, I think I can do that. So he started giving $10. And God started blessing this young man and blessing him and blessing him. And things began to increase. And before you know it, he was making 500 a week and then 1,000. He became a very successful entrepreneur and began to make hundreds of thousands of dollars. And all of a sudden, the giving changed. It wasn't giving like he was. And he came into the same pastor and he began to tell him about his struggles and all the issues. He said, i got all this stuff going on in my life. I've got these struggles and these things happening in my life, and things seem to be out of control. He said, I no longer can give. And this guy was, at the time was making over a million dollars a year. And he asked him, he said, what is your prayer life like? Well, it's pretty much non-existent. Do you have any time with your father? No, I'm too busy. Well, what about your giving? Well, I, can't, I make so much money, I can't afford to give 10% again. He said, would you pray with me? He said, okay. The pastor prayed with him. He said, Father, would you help John to go back to making $100 a week so he can afford to give? Mm. <laughs> I thought, hmm. Hmm. Thinking again about where we came from and what we were doing and where we are today in our lives, all of us. And again, we all have the capacity to complain and whine. But he said, I will. I need to determine in my life, Lord, I'm not going to whine. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to gripe. I'm not going to bellyache. I am going to seek your face and trust you in every single circumstance in my life. See, the question is, you, don't, you and I don't have, the, the, we don't have the right to tell God, all right, Lord, these circumstances I'm going to trust you, but these I'm going to be in control of myself. That's enough. doesn't work that way. You trust me in everything, Amen. period, period. I will. And he says, I will do what? He says, I will lift up mine eyes. And what the Lord began to speak to me about in that passage was posture. I will lift. Do you know that you cannot be a joyful, happy gracious person, and walk around with your head drooped down? How many of you watched any of the, especially you football people, watched any of the playoffs the last few weeks? 
Even the night that Denver won and Tebow won, they're walking around the stadium and they're slapping hands. Same way last week, the Giants were ecstatic and they're walking around. You don't see anybody, man, we just won. And all of a sudden, they just walk with their head down like, oh, man, we just won this game. Now we've got to go to the Super Bowl. They don't do that. The psalmist said, I will lift. Because why? Because he was in a posture where he was looking up. Not because God is up there, because God isn't up there. God's everywhere. He's up there, down here, beside me, in me, and through me. Is he not? So he's not just up there. But he said, I will lift. And so he had to lift his head. He had to posture himself to look up instead of looking down and having a woe is me attitude. And I'm going to tell you something. I spent a lot of my life in that posture, and it is not fun. It makes my neck hurt. But I want to learn to lift up all the time and realize, look, Lord, I don't care what else is happening. I'm going to trust you in this. Period. Everybody in this room, from time to time, we've had health issues, have we not? We all do. We have stuff that goes on in our bodies, and we don't like it. I don't like being sick. I'm probably not a good patient. I will lift up my eyes. Lift up my eyes. What do you see through? Your eyes. So I'm lifting up, and I'm looking out to see the salvation of our God when I don't see a way out. That's what Moses told them when they came to the Red Sea. And they're sitting there at the Red Sea, and they're complaining because all of Egypt is behind them. They see the dust from the chariot wheels. they got a, a Red Sea in front of them. They don't see any way out between a rock and a hard place. And he said, stand and see the salvation of the Lord. I will lift up my eyes, Father, to see your salvation in my circumstances in selling a house. I will lift up my eyes in the circumstances to Matthias and Emily setting up a new home. I will lift up my eyes, Father, in health issues and trust you that I'm going to be healed and well with my back and respiratory issues and all that other stuff. I trust you that, Lord, your word says, and I will see the salvation of the Lord, that by the stripes of Jesus Christ I am what? Healed. Determined. I will. I will persevere. I will succeed, and I'll do it by lifting up my eyes from whence cometh my help. Amen. When he said he lifted up his eyes into the hills, what he was saying was, is my trust is not in those mountains. My trust is in the God of the mountains. <laughs> my trust is not in the earth. My trust is in the one who created the earth. Amen. And so he's lifting up his head. He's got his posture right. He's got his eyes right. He's got his mindset right. And in saying that, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from which come with my help. And he asked the question, you think my help comes to the mountains? No, sorry. For my help comes from the Lord. And the word Lord there is the same word that Kay was teaching on a few weeks ago. It's Jehovah, I am that I am. It's exactly what it means. My help comes from I am that I am. He is going to deliver me. He is going to take care of me. So we've got to make sure that the posture is right and that we're not head down, but that we're looking up. And he said, My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And he says, He will not allow your foot to slip. How many of you ever, ever hiked in the mountains? You ever, ever hiked in the mountains? You ever hiked in any treacherous trails in the mountains? When we lived in uh, Gunnison, it's a place called Taylor's Reservoir in Gunnison, which is right on the continental divide of the United States. Absolutely gorgeous place. And we used to drive there 
and up these high cliffs and mountains were these bighorn sheep. I don't know if you've ever seen one or not. They're big animals. They're not small. But you know that big animal can stand in a place about that big with four hooves, and he never misses a step. They'd be standing up on the crags of those mountains, and we you really needed binoculars because you just couldn't. They weren't going to come down close to you. So you can see one standing there, and, I mean, he's got four paws standing on a place, and they're so sure-footed, they don't slip and fall. And where they walk, they can't afford to miss a step, because if they did, boom, you're coming down several thousand feet. They're amazing. Well, I'm not as sure-footed as a mountain goat, and I've been in places before where my feet have slipped and rocks have rolled out from under me, and down I go on my behind. You know what? In life, we do fall down. I was just reading this week a couple of times uh, one of the quotes from Vince Lombardi. He was talking about on the football field. It's not a question if you're going to be knocked down. The question is, are you going to get back up? Amen. Well, he says, he is not going to allow your foot to slip. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Father. You mean in the midst of financial crisis, you're not going to allow my foot to slip off? I'm not going to fall off the financial ledge? That's right. Well, suppose I've made some careless mistakes in my financial area and I'm getting real slippery here. Now sometimes, listen, sometimes because of our choices and our circumstances, we screw up. And then we pay the price for it, but what God says is, is if you fall, you ain't going all the way, I'll still pick you back up. Whether it's a bankruptcy or whatever it is you go through, I'll pick you back up. I'll not allow your foot to slip. Now, he does allow us to make mistakes when we do stupid things, but if you're trusting him, he doesn't allow your foot to slip. He said, he who keeps you will not slumber, and he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Your God is never going to go to sleep on the job. Amen. Not one time. If he knows everything about my life, if he knows every hair that I used to have, and everyone that still remains, he knows everything about all of you, he says, I'm not going to go to sleep. I'm not going to slumber. I'm not going to go to sleep in your situation. You remember when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he asked the disciples, he said, I want you to watch with me. But he went away and he started praying. And he went with all the twelve. Then he went with James and John and Peter. And then he went by himself. And he came, comes back and they're sleeping. Here's what you need to know. You will go through some things in life and you will wonder, does anybody care what I'm dealing with? It's not a matter of anybody cares what you're dealing with. Sometimes you go through circumstances and God says, hey, I'm not letting anybody go with you but me. Yeah. And there will be people who will go to sleep on you and you'll think they don't care. It isn't they don't care. God says, no, it's just me and you in this, nobody else. Yeah. You're going to have to learn to trust me. <clears throat> you're going to have to learn to rely on me. So he said he never sleeps, he never slumbers. And then he said, verse 5, The Lord is your keeper, the Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not spot you by day, nor the moon by night. In other words, protection from no matter what I face. You remember when Kay was talking to him last week, or two weeks ago, and she was sharing from the 23rd Psalm about the Lord, and she was talking about Alpha Centauri? Well, that day there were some things in my heart that I remembered, and so I sent a friend of mine, some of you from trustees know Paul Dunbar, 
and I've worked on many weekends with Paul, and he shared something, and I don't know if he shared it in all of his royals, but he shared it in the last one, and I was so intrigued. I wrote him and asked him to send it to me, <clears throat> and he said he would. That was just a couple of weeks ago. Well, it didn't come, and uh, I kind of forgot about it, so it was right after she spoke, and I, I sent him that email. We talked, and so I emailed him again this week, and he said, well, I sent it, but it must have sent it to the wrong address. I'll send it again. And he sent it, and it came, I guess, Wednesday. Another one of those things that didn't occur to me, because I didn't know I was going to preach on this psalm until Friday, and I didn't even look at the middle part. What I heard was God saying, I will lift, and that's all I heard. I said, okay, Psalm 121. And he talked to me about posture and lifting my eyes. But I want you to hear this. This is amazing to me. He first shares Hebrews 1, 1, 2, and 3. God, who at various times and various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, mm -hmm. who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Now Paul starts writing, he said, He knows every star in the universe by its name and every hair of your head. That's the God we worship. If you ever thought about how great God is, the way we view God will affect your attitude about the grace of God. Now here we go, listen. The speed of light, 186,000 miles per second. In one second, light can travel around the earth at the equator seven and a half times. That's amazing. If you go outside on a clear night, you can see a band across the sky, which appears as dense clouds across the center of the sky, and actually that is the rim of what we humans call the Milky Way. What you're seeing are not clouds, but stars. So many billions of stars that it appears to us to be clouds. If you were traveling at the speed of light, it would take you four and a half years to reach the nearest star you can see at night. A light year is how far light travels in one year. In one year, light will travel six trillion miles. The nearest star is Alpha Centauri, what she spoke of. Four and a half light years away. That's what, 25 trillion miles? Which means that the nearest star that you can see at night is something like 27 trillion miles away. And that's just the nearest star in our galaxy. There are over 100 billion stars in our Milky Way galaxy. As huge as it sounds, ours is the smallest galaxy in the universe. In fact, as a, an astronomer in Mount Palomar in California took out a 200-inch telescope through the cup of the Big Dipper constellation, and they can see over one million galaxies the size of our Milky Way galaxy or bigger. Traveling at the speed of light, it would take 100,000 light years to cross the Milky Way galaxy. This means that our small Milky Way galaxy is 600,000 trillion miles across. Think of the magnitude of what we are saying. It alone will change your attitude about God. Leaving the Milky Way galaxy, the farthest thing that astronomers can see or hear with their most sophisticated equipment is a quasar, which is 15 billion light years away, which means it's 90 billion trillion miles away, a lot bigger than the depths of the United States. We have no idea what is beyond that, but astronomers estimate that this quasar, 90 billion trillion miles away, emits enough energy in one second to supply all the electrical needs for the Earth for one million years. That's just one quasar, and there are millions of quasars in, a, in the universe. Do you get the picture? The Bible says God who created all this holds it together by the word of his power. And you're wondering, is his grace big enough to cover your sins?
Is that not incredible? Amen. And we wonder how big God is? Oh my gosh. No way to understand with our human minds the awesomeness of our Father who created every bit of that and holds it all together and makes it work just the way it works. I mean, if you think about science, and you think about the earth on its axis and how it rotates and how it goes around the, the sun and how the moon moves around it, everything he did and put in place has a purpose and a reason. Don't tell me that some stupid protozoan or amoeba began to just grow up somewhere and all this stuff just takes place all out of that. Uh-uh. No. We have a creator. In no way that those quasars millions of light years away can be created by some amoeba on this earth through evolution. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade of your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day nor the moon by night, for he will protect you from evil. Well, Lord, tell you what. If you can do that, if you can make all those stars, and the one that I see, the brightest one in the southern hemisphere is Alpha Centauri, and it's four and a half light years away, don't I think he can help my little minuscule problem that I have in my life that I think is a mountain? I will lift up my eyes to the hills because they're made by my Father and He's the one who takes care of my issues. I will lift, right posture, looking up, not down, being determined that you will trust Him, you will seek Him, you will be determined that you will not be overcome. And he said, and the Lord will guard your coming, going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. Do you know how long forever is? We don't have an understanding of that. Why? <coughs> because we are temporal. We've been on this earth, however old you are, seems like a long time to you. But it's nothing. That's why the word says we're like the grass. <coughs> It's here and gone tomorrow. We're like a vapor that just disappears. You ever watch steam come out of a coffee pot and just go in the air and it's gone? And here's the thing. Every second you live is so valuable. And so oftentimes we squander the opportunities that God gives us. I don't want to come to the end of my life whenever that time comes and, and, and you're there and you're like, man, I just wish I'd have done this or I wish I'd have done that. Well, do it now. Do it now. He will guard your life forever. You know, there's no end to forever. How do you describe it? It just goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And sometimes we have a tendency to use that word in an incorrect way by simply saying, man, this crap, won't, I'm going to have this junk forever. No, you're not. Because we don't understand what forever is. I'm going to be in this mess forever. No, you're not. If nothing else, you're going to die, and then forever takes place. <laughs> so you ain't going to stay in it forever. But we have a tendency to say that kind of stuff, don't we? It isn't going to last forever. Period. You aren't going to have that house forever. Not. You're not going to have back issues forever. You're not going to be sick forever, and you're not going to work at the hotel forever. Amen. Not, not forever. Nope. How many of you have had frustration in your life in the last few weeks? Anybody? I have. I got my first computer in 1985. I don't know how many I've had since, and I'm pretty 
comfortable working through computers. I've had issues for the last few weeks that have driven me crazy, and I haven't found anybody to help me. I called Chris and talked to Chris, told him everything was gone. He said, man, I ain't never seen that before. I don't know what to do. Talked to another guy with a master's degree in computer science. I ain't never seen that before. I don't know what to do. Well, me and you both, and they both told me the same thing. The only thing I know is, is you're going to have to wipe it clean, reinstall the operating system, and start over. Like, crap. I want to do that. And Pamela can tell you, there's been several times this week that the neighbors have probably heard me saying, I'm going to throw this thing in the yard because my life consists of computers at work and I communicate by email, I do my stuff, all my finances, and I got it operable again, it's working, but I get frustrated with it. And I'm sitting there looking at it like, man, I just want to blow you up before you blow me up, because that's the way I feel at times. And it just absolutely exasperates me, and I don't handle that well. My hand is pounded to death so many times this week, when I hit it like that, it's like, no, dang it. Cranky monkey don't even help, Davida. <laughs> and I could hear the Lord tell me, lift up your eyes. So, if nothing else today, this message was for me. I will lift up my eyes. I will be determined. I will not be defeated. I will succeed and I will not fail. Period. And that can apply to every one of us in every circumstances that we find ourselves in. Because there's not one of us that doesn't come across things where we work or where we play or whatever we do that absolutely irritate us because we can't figure it out. And sometimes it's stopping prayer instead of getting mad and screaming at it and say, okay, Father, what do I do? Duh. The problem is, sometimes I've already done that before I realize, wait a minute, I should have just stopped and asked him what to do. Yeah. Frustration? It's a fact of life. But I don't have to stay in it. Because I can lift up my eyes unto the hills. From whence cometh my help. If he says that he will guard me from all evil, he will keep my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions. He will guard me going out and guard me coming in from this time forth and forever. That means right now and forever. Well, there ain't a whole lot else left, is there? That means I'm covered. You're covered. We're taken care of. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, goodness and mercy is going to follow us all the days of our life, and we will dwell in your presence forever. I'm determined, Father, to keep my posture with my head up and not hung down. That, Lord, I will continue to seek your face and know that regardless of what my circumstances says, you are my God, my deliverer, my salvation. That, Lord, you're our healer, you're our provider, you're our provision, you're our protection, you're our security. And we will believe you, Father, for what you say. Lord, we give you praise, we give you honor, and we give you thanks. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God is good to us, folks. He is so.